Welcome to Carpe Noctum 5, Super Tuesday, featuring voice messages. Now, tonight I'm going to be doing something a little bit different, which I may have alluded to on the Instagram account, but I'm going to be going solo dolo. So I'll be doing this podcast by myself, using just the thoughts and information and things that I've gathered, but I'm also going to bring in some voice messages and it's going to be from people like you people who are following the instagram who are able to listen and interact with me and speak to me and people who i've called upon to send in some voice memos so i can use them for tonight's pod to talk about politics so anyways i hope you guys enjoy tonight we're going to talk about super tuesday if you have no idea what that is it happens on march 3rd which means it's going down tomorrow although if you're listening to this it is tomorrow bump bump time travel so Hope you guys enjoy it, and let's see what you learn tonight. So, before we start our conversation tonight about Super Tuesday, and before I open your brain to all the interesting thoughts about feeling the burn and all these other things and the insults that Trump likes to throw around at everyone, including his own staff. It's kind of weird. But before we start that, I just want to say I've always been a little bit interested in politics. So whether you're a political junkie like me or maybe you're just someone who votes for the presidential campaigns and that's it. Well, if that's you, that's you this year. It's 2020, so get ready. Or maybe you're somebody who actually goes out and votes for local and other things like that. And you maybe follow the elections a little bit closer than the average bear. Well, whoever you are, I hope you find some interest in tonight's subject, which is Super Tuesday. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about Super Tuesday and politics, although I'll probably be talking about this more in the future, if you guys are cool with that, because I really do enjoy having discussions on this, is because I feel like everyone should be allowed to build logical belief systems regardless of their side of the political spectrum. So what I'm saying is, whether you're Democratic and liberal, although there's also conservative Democrats, or whether you're a conservative Republican, no matter which side you come from, There is value to each opinions, and I know that some people right now are like, whoa, delete, not listen to this anymore. That's fine, because the point is I want people in this world to be able to have discussions and not polemics. So discussions on politics are great. They're necessary. We talk about how we feel. What should we do about the prison system? How do we help the inequality in America or in the world? How do we help people who are hungry? Whereas polemics is more argument-based, so it's more going at each other saying, you're wrong because of this, or you're wrong because of that, or you're stupid, or I'm smart, or whatever. And the reason I don't really like that is because when you go argumentative style, and you're just arguing about what you believe, all it does is entrenches each side in their belief systems while creating more division in whatever area, culture, or country that these polemics are happening in. So today, I want to talk about Super Tuesday. I am more of a conservative person, I'm more of a Republican-minded person, but I'm going to be covering more of the Democratic Party's uh, nomination process than I am the Republican process, and you're going to hear why later. But I hope you enjoy this little little bit of politics that we're going to do tonight. I hope you learned something about Super Tuesday, and I hope you come away a better person for it. So, enjoy! What is Super Tuesday? So Super Tuesday is the election day early in a United States presidential primary season. It could be February, it could be March, 
when the greatest number of U.S. states holds primary elections and caucuses. What does all that mean? Basically, in American politics, before you get to become president, you have to win the nomination for your party in order to even compete with anyone else for presidency. So right now, the Democratic Party has all of their nominees, all the people that are hopeful to become president, going and battling it out trying to get the most delegates. They want to go to each state and get the most delegates. So by the end, they have more delegates than the next person, than the runner-up, and that way they can win the nomination for their party. The same is happening for the Republican Party. Each side does this. Now, as you know, America is very focused on the two-party system. Some people get angry about that. They say, well, we don't want a Republican. We don't want a Democrat. Why couldn't we have someone else, maybe a Libertarian or maybe Kanye 2020? Why couldn't we have somebody else? Why do we have to have just one of these two parties? Well, that just seems to be the focus of our system, even though you know, George Washington, way back when, warned everyone about having this type of a system. He said, don't get focused on which parties focus on the actual topics and the discussions and the things that we need to fix in our country. But hey, that guy's dead now, so we're working on it. Anyways, more delegates to the presidential nomination conventions can be won on Super Tuesday than any other single day. That's why it's Super Tuesday, because up until now, there have been 155 delegates up for grabs, but on Super Tuesday, there are 1,357, 1,357 delegates that could possibly go to either Bernie or Biden or any of these guys. And obviously, we're going to talk about Trump too, but this is a big day. Now, I got this information according to the Washington Post, so if you don't believe me, you can go hunt down some articles and, and see what I said. But anyways, moving on. So today I'm using sources from the New York Times and the Washington Post. Now when we talk about politics, you have to get sources that you trust, but I also believe it's a good idea to get a mix of different sources because if you look at sources from the left or the more liberal side, and then you look at sources from the right, the more conservative side, you get a healthy middle. So when I'm talking about the left or liberal, that means more wanting change. They're considered the progressive party. When you're talking about liberal ideals, these are ideals that are kind of, you know, against whatever's happening at the moment. They could be new ideas, fancy ideas, like let's, you know, with Bernie, like let's give healthcare for all, for free, all this kind of stuff. These are more liberal ideas. There are times in history where you need liberal ideas. Liberalism is helpful. Now, there's also times where you need to be more conservative, which is where the other side comes in. Conservative ideals are more about keeping the status quo, keeping things the way they are, holding on to what we have. So a lot of times people consider the conservative party more focused on finances or money, just wanting to keep the economy strong. Whereas when you go to the liberal side, like Bernie giving free health care for everyone, that's going to cost a lot of money. But it's also going to help a lot of people because it's going to give them free health care. Now, where's that money going to come from? That's where the conservatives go. Ah, they get all scared about it. So the point is, You've got to have left and right. You can't just have one side. If one side is fully in control, especially look at your own life. If you're never liberal or you never feel giving towards other people, that's going to be a tough life to live. Whereas if you're always conservative, that's also it could be good, but that means you're always just going to be focused on yourself a lot more than focus on others. Now, you guys can argue with the things I'm saying. That's totally fine. I want to have that happen. I want to have a lot of ideas shared. I'm not trying to shut you guys out, but obviously everything I'm saying right now can be broken down into like much more 
firm ideas. I'm just trying to give you a quick overview because I'd like to talk about left, right, Democratic Republic, all that stuff. I'd like to talk about that today. But as I was saying, uh, my goal is to give accurate information alongside my own opinion. I don't know if it's possible to be unbiased. Um, I'm going to try to be unbiased, but the thing is I'm, I have a biased opinion. I have ideals that I hold and they show when I talk. And you guys can see it while I'm talking right now. I'd love to say that I'm unbiased, but that doesn't seem possible anyhow. Maybe that'll be a debate I have someday on here. Maybe I'll bring some people on to talk about the idea, can you truly be unbiased? Well, with all that being said, though, I hope you always use good sources and possibly a healthy mix when gathering your news. So don't just go to Fox. Don't just go to CNN. Don't just go to these certain things. Look around. So today, I'm using the New York Times and the Washington Post, both considered a little bit more liberal when it comes to their focuses. Although the New York Times is, is, is strongly considered liberal, I personally prefer the Daily Times, or sorry, the Daily. I really like their podcast, so if you're going to go on Spotify, check that out. But another thing I want to say is mental health is important. So if it's stressing you out to see all the things on Twitter, to see all the political ideals and the fights and the arguments and all this crazy stuff, then pull back a bit. That's not a problem. Now, I'm not saying you should stick your head in the ground and keep your eyes closed and never pay attention at all to politics because I do believe we should be educated voters. I believe in America, we have an ability and a chance to use our voice for better. We can actually go out in the world and make change. So I do believe you should be educated in what's going on in the world if you want to vote correctly. I don't want people just going out there just throwing their vote to whoever. Look around, check. But at the same time, you can go the other way where you get so involved in politics that you're losing relationships, you're losing time with your family, you're not really having any peace, you're always tired, you're always focused and a little bit angry, you're always worried about things. Like, I, it's funny to me when people freak out, such as when Trump got elected, everyone's going, oh, the nation's going to, you know, going to destroy itself and everything's going crazy. People said the same thing about Obama and we're still here. So whether you're left or right, it's okay to have an opinion, but at the same time, be respectful of the other side. Because at the end of the day, in America, and I'm specifically talking about America today, we need to work together. We need to be supportive of each other and find ways to meet in a healthy middle, as I'm saying with your sources. So find a place in the middle where you can bring your sources. And, hey, sometimes look at the far right, look at the far left, check out what they're saying. And maybe you're just looking to go, ah, they're crazy, but hey. It's good to know what other people think so that you can make your own opinion based on facts about what's actually going on and not just based on your emotions. So that's my little spiel on sources, and I hope that helped. Back to the program. Right now, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the Republican nominees, and I'm going to predict the winner. And this is, again, this is just based on my thoughts, but it's going to be Trump, okay? Because here's the thing. Trump has 86 of the delegates right now. William Weld, the only dude left, has one. That's not good. Now, Trump is 73 and William Weld is 74. We've got a lot of older dudes over here. So it'd be nice in the future to see somebody younger. If you didn't know, you can be 35 and run for president. That is the minimum. That's the lowest the age goes. And you know what? We're getting a lot of people in their 70s right now. It looks like the way of the world in America. So anyways... But right now, it looks like Trump's going to hold it. The Republican Party has very much gotten behind him. It's similar to the way the Democratic Party seems to be rallying behind Biden instead of Bernie. 
although you know there's arguments on that side a lot more but like I said this is a lot easier to predict but right now it looks like Trump is going to be the clear winner on Super Tuesday for the right for the conservative party for the Republicans it looks like that's gonna happen now two other people have dropped out earlier this year they were running on the Republican side but it's just it, it was it was not gonna happen you know the, these these guys they can't beat Trump he's he just seems to be steamrolling that's one thing I know a lot of people have talked about how Trump has a lower uh, lower approval rating in America but the thing that's interesting about his approval rating is those people that number that percentage I can't remember whether it was 38 or what it does not go lower than that those people are diehard Trump fans they are all about him so that's just something he's always going to get those people to show up and then if he can convince people from the other side then he'll get them I mean it happened in 2016 we'll see what happens in 2020 not predicting he's going to win right now we'll go over that later when it gets closer but for the nomination for the Republican Party Trump is is definitely going to win tomorrow that's my guess and you guys can come back at me if, if it's wrong you know at me all right moving on to the Democratic Party So the Democratic Party is a lot more interesting this year in 2020. So on Super Tuesday, there's going to be quite a battle. So right now, let me go over real quick the uh, the nominees. You've got Biden. You've got Bloomberg. Bloomberg's worth $60 billion. That's that's pretty pretty crazy. you got Tulsi Gabbard or Gabbard. Uh, I'm not really sure how much of a chance she's got. you got Sanders, who's coming back from 2016, coming out swinging. And then we've got Warren. Warren's still hanging in there. So you've got five options tomorrow, which is today for you guys, to vote for in the Democratic Party. Now, the Democratic Party this year actually had 23 Democratic candidates or nominees running earlier. A lot of interesting people um, jumping out were Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Tom Steyer, and, and Yang. Well, Yang, we kind of knew the Yang gang wasn't going to hang in there. It's just he's he's much more of an independent, in my opinion, obviously. He is a Democrat, but the guy's different. And it, it would have been kind of cool to see him go farther, but yeah, the Yang gang is out. And Tom Steyer, another another millionaire, uh, or billionaire, sorry, he's worth $1 billion. So Tom Steyer was interesting because pretty much his whole argument was, I'm not Trump, vote for me. And yeah, that, that just doesn't seem to work right now. I mean, it's, it's a good idea when you're Democratic, but it, it just doesn't work in the long run. You've got to bring more to the table. And... Buttigieg and Klobuchar were very interesting. They got really far, and it's it's cool though because now that they're falling out, you get to see who they're going to endorse. That's that's important because where are all those votes going to go? They had a pretty large following, even though yeah, they weren't in the one and two spot like Sanders and Biden, but they they were still they were still up there. So supposedly Buttigieg is going to throw his his votes over to Biden, and Klobuchar I believe has already thrown her votes to Biden as of today. And then some of the earlier ones you had was like Kamala Harris and a couple other guys, Booker, a couple other people who were running way earlier, but they're they're out of the game now. So back to the five who are actually in here, back to Biden, Bloomberg, Gabbard, Sanders, and Warren. Now, in my opinion, I really believe it's coming down to Biden and Sanders. Bloomberg was pretty much hoping to buy his way in from what I've seen. He's thrown more money at this nomination than 
at this Democratic run that he's done than anyone I've really seen. Somebody follow up and try to find someone who's made more and at me on the Instagram account. I'd love to know somebody who spent more because I know Bloomberg has spent somewhere around $400 million, something maybe even more than that. And it's not even, he's not even running against Trump yet. He's just running against his own people. So it's pretty crazy to see that much. And then, you know, over at, over at Sanders, who's, I come to you again for your help so he's, he's always looking for more money and stuff like that but sanders is getting it though he's getting it and you can see it because right now he's actually leading with the most delegates so that's pretty crazy hey and if you love that sanders impersonation go ahead and give me an at let's keep the hate to a minimum because it was pretty bad but anyways for biden though the reason i feel like biden's going to be hanging in here against sanders and it's not going to be bloomberg as much as you know bloomberg wants to get up there and be he was hoping to take out biden that's what he's been doing this whole time. He's hoping to say, hey, I'm not Sanders. I'm not that crazy left-wing socialist communist guy. I'm, I'm over here. And he's richer than Trump. And he's saying, hey, I can do this. I can beat Trump. But a lot of people are really doubting his, his abilities right now. Because when you see him on screen, similar to Biden, Biden's been kind of falling off, off with, his, uh, with his ability to speak well. I mean, I don't really know what's going on there. But with Bloomberg, though, it looks like he's inauthentic. He gives a lot of money to many Democrats to help them get in, but then at the end of the day, though, what does he really believe besides I'm I can beat Trump for you guys and and I'm a I'm a rich dude and I like the Democratic Party? Because honestly, if you study him closely, he's supported uh, women in politics and things like that, but then he's forcing women in his business to sign NDAs, which are non-disclosure agreements, which means they're not allowed to speak about things that are happening at his company. And he's forcing them to sign these things because of situations that arise. So it's, you're wondering what's going on there. Why, why is he doing that? So that's why Elizabeth Warren and a lot of these people have taken shots at him. She actually, during one of their debates, was saying, hey, release these women of their NDAs so we can hear what's going on. Are you treating people poorly at your businesses? Because he's, he's this rich dude who runs Bloomberg Company. And so she's saying, hey, let's hear it. He wouldn't really bring it to the light. He kind of said, no, there's other stuff. It's not really about that. So maybe he's maybe he's doing normal stuff, but it, it just seems like he's not a good guy. So that is kind of, in my opinion, destroying his ability to climb any farther because he's also just not able to hang with these guys when they're debating. He wasn't even in the first few states, but now he's in here debating with them and they're just they're just destroying him. Now, I'm sure there's some Bloomberg fans out there who are like, no, he's doing good. Well, I really haven't seen that. Now, going back to it, Warren, she's trying to hang in there, but the whole thing about having electability is a big deal to the Democratic Party right now. They want someone electable. They want someone to beat Trump. So that's why, in my opinion, the Democratic Party is so afraid of picking Sanders, of having Sanders win on Tuesday. Because if Sanders is the Democratic Party's number one nominee and he's the one who goes against Trump, they believe there's a lot of people in America who don't want to vote for Sanders, who would rather pick Trump because, again, they see Trump as more, I guess, American, whereas Sanders is coming in with a lot of very anti-establishment, very socialist ideals that we don't really value or see as much in America although it is growing the group of the population that believes in socialist ideals is is definitely growing in America it a lot of times comes through colleges and younger people but anyways the point is Sanders though he's got grassroots support he's got people that he talks to he talks to his supporters he goes around that's how he won his his positions early on in politics he went around actually spoke to real people and he showed that he was for the people and, and around and that's something i do admire for him now sanders though the thing is is 
again, the Democratic Party just doesn't seem to want to give him that support. So him and Warren are kind of in the same area, except he's actually getting delegates. He is the number one right now. Now, Biden, though, he's got a lot going for him being the VP of Obama. That's a big deal. And also the fact that he's really focusing on the him being the best option to beat Trump. He's saying, I'm a good guy. People like me. I've got name recognition. So it looks like tomorrow, you know, Biden's going to pull it in. It looks like he's going to get those votes. Now, we don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. It's going to be really crazy, really interesting. But that's kind of kind of my prediction. So my prediction is that Biden's going to be the one to take it because of the support of Buttigieg and Klobuchar's followers and the Democratic Party as a whole pretty much supporting him. It reminds me very much of the 2016 election with Hillary getting the support over Bernie and how honestly distraught and sad he looked when he was going, yes, I support Hillary and I would like my supporters to support her as well. It was, it was a little depressing. But anyways, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But without further ado, I'd like to give you some some other people's opinions. So I'm going to go to Jariah Koppel, my brother. He's a fellow political junkie. He's a really cool guy. And he actually has his own podcast, the East Blue Podcast. So go check that out. Now, East Blue C, my bad. So I'm going to give him his turn. So here we go. So Super Tuesday is coming up. Um, The main candidates for the Democratic primary are Biden and Bernie. So between these two, it looks like Biden's going to do pretty well in a lot of these states. Um, I see a lot of southern states. Those are usually more conservative. And I think between a moderate like Biden and a more left-leaning like Bernie, I think a lot of them are going to be more supportive of Biden. There's also California, which I think Bernie can win. So that's going to be a lot of uh, support for Bernie. And there's a few states in the northeast. I think Bernie could win a few of these as well, especially his home state of Vermont. And overall, you know, it's hard to say. I could really see it going either way. I see the argument for Biden because he's the more moderate candidate. He was vice president to Obama. You know, a few things going for him. And then I could also see the argument for Bernie um, because he's the anti-establishment candidate. And I think just a lot of average Americans, you know, across the country who who just don't want corruption in the, the parties, the media, from corporations. I think that might be a message that resonates with them. But you never know. It could go either way. So Dry brings in a different perspective, which is an interesting one. And I know he didn't really say one side over the other. But I do want to focus on his thoughts on Bernie because Bernie is kind of an outside player. And that is going to bring out a lot of voters who don't normally vote. Something you should you should remember when it comes to American politics is our voter turnout rate is not super high. I believe about 52% of America doesn't really vote in a lot of these elections. So really, whoever gets elected is actually really not the person elected by 100% of Americans. They're elected by the half of America that showed up to vote that that month. So with Bernie, though, he may pull in some voters, some people who normally would just not vote. Maybe they would just hold back their vote because they don't like the establishments. They don't like the fact that ah, it's always a Democrat or a Republican, some idea like that. So... Bernie's going to get some interesting new ideas, some new voices, and some new people to come out and vote for him who don't normally come out. And I know him fighting against corruption and money in politics is a very big thing because money is very much tied to politics in America. And 
I, I we've I've already talked a little bit about Bloomberg paying over 400 million to try to get all this stuff. If you've seen a Bloomberg ad or a Tom Steyer ad on YouTube or anything like that, and I know a lot of us have our ad blocker up, so hey, no more ads. But if you've seen any of these ads, then that's money. That's them throwing money, and not everyone can do that. That's why with like different people, you know, such as maybe smaller ones like the the Yang Gang, Andrew Yang, maybe these guys aren't going to get as much visibility as these bigger people. So it's a pretty big deal to fight against this corruption. And if you remember Trump, that was a lot of his talk, maybe not so much against getting the money out, but he a lot of his talking when he was running was, hey, we're going to drain the swamp. A lot of people say that, drain the swamp. Basically, they're saying, we're going to get corruption out of this government. We're going to get the bad ones out. The people who aren't doing stuff for, for the normal, everyday citizens, they're going to stop working here. We're going to get people into the White House and into all these Senate and House Con and all this stuff. We're going to get people in here who actually care about you as Americans. So, that seems to be Bernie's big play as well. He seems to be talking a lot about, I'm going to get people in here who care about regular people. And that's that's a lot of what socialism calls to. So in my opinion, I, I don't really value socialism as much. I obviously, you know, if you've listened to me or know me in person at all, the things that have happened with communist governments such as Stalin or Mao Zedong or any of these, if we want to go through Korea and all these things, it just doesn't seem good. And socialism is is a part of the process to become communist. Now, it's not the same thing, but it is kind of getting there. It's it's a little bit of it. So with knowing where communist, communism normally ends up, I'm just not a big fan of socialism. Whereas I know we do need some ideals that are more socialist in nature. We do need to take care of people and we do need to make sure we value the regular citizens and not just the rich because obviously that's not good either. But that that's something to where we have a whole other conversation. But the point is right now Bernie's running on something new. He's coming at us. He's not from the establishment. He's an outsider. His own party isn't really fully supportive. So he's going to get some some eyes on him tomorrow, some eyes on him Super Tuesday from people who are going to go out and say, hey, that guy is fighting. He's an underdog. I like him. And at the end of the day, he might be the one to take it. I still believe Biden's going to get it because, again, he's got that electability. You know, he's, he's someone we know. He's someone Americans know. He's someone who can possibly beat Trump because he's more moderate. And I do believe some of the more fed up Republicans, some people who are going, hey, I'm tired of Trump being in charge, they might vote for Biden because they're going to go, ah, he's not as scary as Sanders. He's not as scary as Bernie. He's, he's more middle of the road. That's kind of how Biden is playing it. He's saying, hey, I'm a middle of the road guy. I'm here for you guys. I'm moderate. And, and when you're moderate, when you're not left, you know, far left or far right, people tend to like you in America. That just seems to be the way it is. So with that being said, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that were, that were, those are some good thoughts from Jariah. So thank you, Jariah. The last thing I want to talk about tonight before I let you all go is South Carolina 2020. So in South Carolina, Biden won by such a massive amount. He got 48.4%. The next runner up was Bernie Sanders with only 19.9. So you could round that up to 20. And then right after him was Tom Steyer with 11. So this was such a crazy, amazing win from Biden with such a high amount that it really showed what he's been trying to do this whole time, which is he's been really working on the black vote and the black vote was in his favor in South Carolina. 
Another surprising thing was he won the white moderate vote. So that means a lot of these families who are a little bit more moderate came out and actually voted for him because when they looked at Bernie, that just wasn't the choice they thought of. So it's interesting to see this happen. And then also just throwing in there as well, Elizabeth Warren came in with 7% and Buttigieg had 8.2%. But to see Biden get 48.4% of the South Carolina primary just shows that he's he's not out of this thing. He's been getting clobbered in debates. And if you look back in history, that's actually what happened to Nixon. When Nixon first ran against JFK and he was debating him on the radio, people who listened to that radio debate believed Nixon was the clear winner. They believed, wow, this guy, he's more intelligent. He speaks better. He's so, so well put together. This guy should be the next president. But when they had those same debates with JFK and Nixon, filmed and they actually showed it on TV and there was actually video footage. People thought JFK looked much cooler. Nixon was sweating. He looked like he was sick and he actually was. And JFK looked handsome. And so with that being said, debates are a very big deal today in American politics. So the fact that Biden's been not doing so well and getting kind of clobbered in these debates has really given Sanders the upper hand. But with the South Carolina primary, it shows Biden's not done yet. And if he can pull together those moderate whites in America, and if he can get the black vote, which for these next 14 states on Super Tuesday, 30% of those votes are the black voters. So if he can pull that out tomorrow, if that's what he can get, then it it looks like Biden's going to be the the winner tomorrow. But again, Sanders has momentum. He's got charisma and a lot of people like him. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's going to be very interesting indeed. So Whether you're for the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or you're an independent or you're a whatever, you're a half goose, go out and vote tomorrow, study, look around, find someone that you believe would really be a good choice and go out and vote. And I hope you have a good time, guys. I hope you learned something tonight and I hope this was a pleasure to listen to. So if you're interested in these type of things, let me know because I would like to do more of these in the future. As always, you can look at at Carpe Noctum Pod on Instagram and find that account and you can interact with me and speak with me and DM me any questions or comments you guys have. So have a great evening and enjoy Super Tuesday. Let's see what happens. <laughs> There's Vegemite everywhere. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Carpe Noctum 6. COVID-19 PSA. So, I've had a couple of people request this one, and I was already planning on doing it, so I thought, well, I might as well do it before all the mass hysteria rolls over, because we know right now in America and across the world, a lot of things are getting closed down. We've got the NFL, the NBA. I'm pretty sure there's pretty much every sport is shut down, and also I even know the CDC just yesterday was advising people with groups of over 50, 50 or over, to stop meeting. They're saying, do your best not to meet, not to congregate, because the spread of the coronavirus will be very real if you do this. Now, I do think there's some reason to be cautious, but I think there is a little bit too much mass hysteria, which I would put a lot of that blame on the media. So I'm going to talk about the coronavirus today, and I'd like to give you guys some updates and some information that I've learned while studying this disease. So let's begin.